It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And it feels really good to say, Colin, that we're going to be talking about a mock draft today. We're back, baby. We are back. Yeah, we got our community mock draft started and finished. Thank you to everybody that came in and joined and let us exploit their draft picks for content. Love it. Yeah. Appreciate everybody that participated in this. This won't be the last community mock draft that we do. So I was really excited to get this one done. And honestly, I was thinking back to it because the last mock that we did, our first, you know, way too early mock when we had Caleb on, Blake Corum was still in yeah. the draftees. So it's been a while, man. It's it, been a while. Absolutely. It's been a while. Yeah. It was before everything, basically. When we were talking about way too early, we were really, really early on that one. It was right off the heels of college football. Yeah. It was right at the, it was a, after the season ended. So this is the next stop, right? We just got done talking about the combine, obviously a huge benchmark in the process. And so now we get to t- take what we learned at the senior bowl and the combine and everything else uh, and, and go through this mock and see how it shook out. Obviously remember this is not our mock draft. So there might be some picks that we don't necessarily that we might not have made ourselves. And we'll get to talk about all of that along the way. So how it's going to work is we'll run through the entire first round pick by pick, talk about the picks, talk about what was the same, what's changed, all of that. And then we'll get into, we did three rounds, three rounds here. So we'll talk about rounds two and three in a bit more of a condensed format, but making sure that we, get a, a good picture of what happened because I mean, we, we had IDPs going, we had quarterbacks going. So we'll get, we'll get into all that. Um, so without further ado, Colin, let's get it started. You controlled the one one I, you know, I don't know what, what's up with that whole deal, but uh, you were on the clock at one one and we don't need to spend too much time on it. I mean, it's Bijan Robinson shocking, right? Yeah. This is, this is why I picked at one one because it was the the only pick that I think every single person can agree on in yeah. a non super flex <laughs> draft is Bijan at one oh one. So since I wanted to get everybody else's input on the rest of the draft, I, I just wanted to get that one out of the way. That was was locked in in August. Incredibly savvy move by you. Thank That's you. really nice. Nice job. So yeah, like I said, don't even need to talk about it. It's still Bijan. At an amazing combine, he's already uh, ADP six in startup drafts is what I saw. Too low. Is the last number I saw, so <laughs> not bad. Yeah. Um, from there, a little bit interesting. So second overall, we had Love Apollo 1 making this pick, and he went with Jackson Smith and Jigba. So it was not a running back in the two spot. It was, in fact, JSN wide receiver one follows up Bijan. What did you think about that? I I was a little surprised since it's half PPR. You think maybe a running back goes here. Jameer Gibbs, I think, has been the popular person to go at two in rookie mocks so far. But, I mean, I can't blame him. I love Jackson, and I think he's a safe player. And taking him at two, I feel like, is a slam dunk, especially if you're a wide receiver needy team and maybe you don't 
need running back super bad. I, I mean, JSN is, I in my opinion, far and away the the safest pick in out of all the wide receivers. Yeah, I. The more I think about this, and obviously the draft, the NFL draft is going to play a pretty big part in this. You get a juicy landing spot on a Gibbs or a Charbonnet. It makes it interesting here. But the more I thought about this, the more I really think that right now, JSN is number two on my big board. So positional value with running back, sure, there's the argument there, but Again, we're playing Dynasty, and when I started in this game, it was all about the wide receivers because it's longevity base, and I still value wide receivers on top of rookie drafts quite a bit, uh, and I, I like the pick a lot. I mean, JSN, man, he did everything we needed him to do at the Combine. He's back. We said it last week. I mean, this guy is for real, and I think he's going to get some really nice capital in the NFL and, and cement himself as at least a top three pick in this class. Yeah, I've been seeing him rise up mock draft boards from people that have inside information that know what they're talking about, and his odds have jumped up to the first wide receiver taken. He is an odds-on favorite to be the first wide receiver taken, which wasn't always the case. So NFL is just getting on board to what we've been preaching all year. That smells sweet to hear that, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, All right, well, number three then was Brett Kurowski and he did in fact take Jameer Gibbs so Jameer Gibbs is I think went 102 in our way too early mock it's kind of the chalk pick right now at 102 falls to 103 here I mean I you you can't go wrong right yeah that's great value I mean you expect Gibbs to go two so when he goes three uh, you feel great about it I mean any I think that this top three right now feels great to me if you have any this is the the top tier in my opinion it's Bijan, it's gibbs it's jackson and getting gibbs at three is a slam dunk i mean if you're holding 103 yeah this is no-brainer running back value talked about it before it is it feels nice to get a hopefully he lands in a starting running back spot so running back value right here's where it gets different so one two three pretty chalky pretty chalky stuff number four was made by keel pro 88 aka caleb who joined us for mach 101 way too early edition and at that point in time quentin johnston was the number four pick and zach charbonnet hadn't quite ascended to this point. Now I said coming out of the combine that for me on my personal rankings, my personal board, Charbonnet cemented himself number 4. Knowing what we know now, without the without the landing spots, he was my number 4. And that is exactly what happened in this draft. So maybe a sign of what's to come with Charbonnet really locking that in for people after this great combine that he had we know how great the 2022 film is uh and the rise is real colin i hope not because i have (laughs) uh, i think the six picks in two different drafts and i was really hoping to get charbonnet in at least one of those leagues but it's seeming less likely for that to happen since charbonnet has been just steadily rising 
another player we've been high on all season that it seems like the community has become higher on as we've gotten closer and closer to the draft and you know to the dynasty off season and it's it's been ramping up and Charbonnet seems to be one of the names that's getting a lot of love yeah definitely and I you know we talked about this running back premium I think we're gonna see this class like there's two ways to look at it right and we're gonna get into that very shortly here but my segue into pick five is the running back class is exceptionally deep so you you got to hit the top of the class but where does that end for you does it end after Gibbs or does it end after Charbonnet so if it is you know if it's if Charbonnet's not in your tier one you might feel okay waiting to get a running back in the second round in this case Charbonnet goes four and now we see a bit of a run on some non-running back players and that started at number five David Eswine chooses Jordan Addison as wide receiver two. So, I mean, again, this has been, this has been a a lingering question with this sort of mid, you know, this tier two wide receivers in the class coming out of the combine. We kind of, eh, we were a little shaky on it. You, You get after Jackson. What do you do? And in the chat, he said it himself, pick five, kind of weird. And he ended up going with Addison there, but there are those question marks lingering from the size and the speed. So what did you think about Addison still going at five? I think it's probably, I mean, it's still the right thing to do if you don't love the next tier of running backs. Because you talked about the class being deep and it's like Charbonnet is gone already. And I think he's the next best of the, of the running back bunch. And then you got guys, it's like Zach Evans, it's Kendra Miller, it's Devon A. Chain, you know, and then yeah, the Sean Tuckers, Tank Bigsby's, whatever. If you don't love that group of running backs, then you kind of feel like you have to go wide receiver. And that's where you can feel like Dave, Dave did. And he'd say, pick five kind of sucks. Like, I, I, I don't know what to do here. I don't really love Jordan Addison. You know, maybe you so i i mean i i like addison a lot but it just seems like there is a a pretty big drop off there like where where you feel not so great about your draft pick at five where at four you feel oh yeah i got myself a workhorse i can catch passes and then at five it's like "Ah, i got an undersized receiver that's a good route runner but we don't know what his role is going to be it goes back to what i said last week that this spot in the draft is really tricky because you feel like a player like Addison like and again I like Jordan Addison I like Quentin Johnson but I don't see them as value picks in the mid first I mean pick five that has been like the last few years pick five has been like an exceptional player like a player that you're like I am so happy to have this mid first to grab, you know, Devonte Smith or something like that. And now it's, it's a little bit different. The value is with this wide receiver group, but you don't love taking one of them at this spot. So yeah. we, we saw the dilemma played out in this draft, but in fact, we do see the BPA pick with Addison there. And, uh, 
next pick was Quentin Johnson. So disclaimer on our sixth team here, we had uh, we <laughs> we had an AFK situation. Yeah. So you know this was this was an auto drafted slot in the draft, but it does lend to this idea of BPA getting selected. Um, and obviously Quentin Johnson kind of fits that fits that bill. So it goes Addison Johnson and Johnson in this case. Uh, and so, yeah. Yeah. This is the next tier of receivers for me. It's Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson. I mean, they've been, they're kind of tied together where it's like, do you go Addison or do you go Johnson? They're such different players. They have such different body types, different play styles. And, their value is pretty similar when it comes to dynasty drafts. So it, it depends on what you're looking for, what you like in a player. And in this case, it goes Addison Johnson. Like you said, uh, not only it was the guy AFK, he joined in and then we started and then he left to be even immediately. Worse. It's like, <laughs> come on, what are we doing? So that wasn't very cool, but it, uh, like you said, it, it is kind of nice to see, you know, just the, the ADP and nail it down and see what, people should do versus what they would do and all that stuff so uh johnson is i mean i i'm fine with this too again it you don't feel super good about it because of that that drop off after four it's like there's a bunch of question marks around addison and johnson so and and we'll see that uh kind of hesitate the hesitation around these guys with the next pick yeah and the good news this was the only AFK. So yes, yes. 11 out of 12, baby. Can't be too bad um, about that. I I cannot wait to pick your brain on this. I have thought about this pick a lot, and I'm excited to talk about the philosophy of it because I think it makes sense in a lot of ways. Seventh overall, Frazier Fresh selects Will Anderson. IDP1 goes seven now initially you think it's a little high a little (laughs) high even for a player of will's caliber but i kind of came around to it what did you think of the pick so we've been going it's like yeah addison johnson we don't know what kind of players they are you know we don't know how well the they translate into the nfl we don't know what kind of role they're going to be in Hey, we know for damn sure Will Anderson is walking into an edge group and he's going to get probably 10 sacks next year. So I have zero issue with this. I mean, in a tier of uncertainty in the first round, if you can go get a guy that you are very confident is going to be a stud for a long time, I have. if you're going to get him at seven, go ahead. That's where I landed on it. Because, I mean, we just came out of – five and six saying like, yeah, you know, good players, but I don't know if the value is there. Like you're already kind of entering the strange tier. And we mentioned how deep the running backs run and honestly, the wide receivers to a degree as well. Uh, I mean, if you're not in love with a running back or a receiver in this spot, why not? Why not? I mean, Will Anderson is easily IDP one for me and I mean, why the hell not, man? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you you come out of the the previous two picks, and you're like, you know, I had to take them. Like that. That's just like what I needed to do. You come out of this Will Anderson pick. 
I feel like you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling, you know, you put your put it on the table. Like, yeah, I'm taking Will Anderson. I'm I'm securing one of my DL spots. I'm locking it in. Like I said, for maybe a decade. Like this guy is going to be a freak, setting the edge for whatever team gets him. So coming out of this tier where we see the wide receivers go and then the Will Anderson pick. The next player to go at eighth overall is Josh Downs. Now, obviously, I love it. He's my wide receiver four. I think he's really freaking good, and I think he's getting slept on still. But 108, it's just it, it paints the picture. It yeah. paints the picture of kind of how this draft progresses, where you love a guy like Downs, you love a guy like this at like 11. Right. But here he goes at eight. Yeah, I it it feels like again, the you don't feel great about it. You don't like you you're thinking, yeah, I got 108 in the 2023 class. It's going to be this like plug and play guy and then it's like Josh Downs, which is awesome. I love Josh Downs. Slot receiver out of UNC that can go up and moss people, which is great. But it's also like that's what I'm getting at one eight when in previous years, this might've been like my wide receiver three or something like that. So I, I, I still love downs and I love the pick, but it, it feels another, another case of like, yeah, I had to take this guy. This is the BPA. This is just what my board says I have to do. Well, and honestly, I mean the, the BPA aspect I think is already out the window. I think, I mean, we won't know for sure until after the draft, but I think you could talk to five people and you might get three different answers on who BPA is here. That's and, fair. I mean, I, again, like, I don't want it to seem like I'm suddenly like, this class is bad. Like, you know, it's just like, I, I love Josh Downs. I do. I think he's going to be a great NFL player. The It's just that right now there's like this like cloudiness of like, what does the production look like? What does the fantasy output look like where you feel better about a player like this? Like, I just, I go back to a player like Elijah Moore who had a similar ADP to like this, where it's like eight to 10 type of stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's an interesting situation. But I think the, the point is kind of there where it's like, yeah, maybe he, you know, he was never going to be a star. He was never going to be a wide receiver one, but you were still taking him in this range because he's an incredible route runner. And there's a lot of potential there to, you know, be a, a productive asset. But again, it's, it, it doesn't quite fit the range compared to what we've seen in the, in the past few years. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of uh, managers are going to be a little bit, you know, they're, they're not going to be feeling a hundred percent great about their back end of the first. And that starts at five, even like Dave mentioned, he's like, this is a weird pick. I don't love it. And you start to sit there and then, and then once you get into the second round, everything feels like a value. So may, maybe it's just kind of painted a weird way right now. I, I guess the best way to sum it up before we move on to nine is to say that I feel like every team in this range is going to be interested in trading down. Right. I think everybody is okay to like move back a few spots, pick up some extra something, something, and still get a player of the same 
caliber, you know, potentially that they would have gotten a few picks earlier. So that's kind of what it feels like. Yeah, I agree. I still like the players here a lot. It's just that it's kind of that trade down element. Right. hundred percent agree. So number nine, we, we stopped this skid. We went four picks with no running back, but then finally RB four comes off the board. Stewart WF chooses Devon a chain, which personally it's a man after my own heart. This is my RB four in the class. Loved seeing it. What did you think of the pick? I, I mean, I think it's great. Honestly, when you're talking about getting a running back in the back half of the first that has the talent that a chain has where you can see it translate, I, I still would love to see him be a little thicker, love to see him be a better tackle breaker to be a, like a three down back. But if you're getting him in the back half of the first, you can see that absolutely being great value. Number 10, Scarin chooses Michael Mayer. So we had a very lengthy conversation on our way too early mock. I took Michael Mayer at 12th overall, and there was some conversation about, you know, is it too early? Have we moved past the first round rookie tight end picks? But with the conversation that we've had where if you don't love a player here, kind of similar to the Will Anderson pick in some sense, take tight end one maybe? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, this is Michael Mayer is the most pro ready tight end, I'd say. The most, like, the guy that you're comfortable with sticking on the field and playing three downs. So, knowing that he's going to be getting playing time and he's probably going to be the highest drafted tight end, I, I could feel pretty good about taking him in the first round for sure. And I, if he doesn't go at 10 i could see him going at 11 i see him going at 12 like i I just i don't think people are going to be afraid of the the tight end kind of stigma thing here at the bottom of the first round and you just got to take a shot on who you think is the most talented player and one one thing here too is like and we'll we'll see how it played out in this draft but this the top end of the tight end class is so strong that there's two ways to look at it, right? Like I can wait and I can get a guy later that I like, or I'm afraid of a run on tight ends. And by the time we get back to my pick in the late second, I might not, I might not be looking at the guys that I wanted. So you get out in front of that a little bit with a guy like Mayer, who, I mean, yeah, he's not camp dynasties tight end one, but he's close for me. I mean, there's a lot of, he's a lot of people's tight end one too. Of course. So, I mean, you're talking about a guy with massive red zone potential as well. So that does factor in here for a guy like Mayer. So I was, yeah, interesting, interesting pick. And and it it makes a lot of sense, similar to the Will Anderson discussion. Yeah, I like it a lot. Number 11, we had Rija07. And he takes Zay Flowers. So now... Now this is what we're talking about here because now we get a player like Zay Flowers at 111 where it's kind of similar to a guy like Josh Downs at 8, but you got him at 11. Yeah, this is a range. So what I'm starting to see here is like maybe 8 on. You just like take the guy that you like the most. 
because whether the, the independent of value, independent of BPA, like you said before, it's like, who do I want most? And Zay Flowers is a hell of a fun guy to have and like could be a extremely electric player on any NFL team. And uh, I mean, he's drawing Antonio Brown comps from some of the people that are, uh, you know, spewing takes and uh, <laughs> I, do I see it personally? No, but uh, if you can get an Antonio Brown at one eleven, I, I think you're feeling pretty good about that. Right, I know it's like kind of weird how if he's Antonio Brown that he's available at one eleven. Yeah, just saying, but great value. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, is my wide receiver five during rankings? I mean, a good player, like him a lot, so good value here. I was on the clock at one twelve. You took one hundred one, and I took the back end. Yeah, we we book bookended ended. this yeah. thing, and this was an interesting one for me because. I got Zach Evans at 12. Now, Zach went sixth in the way too early, and it kind of just feels like this name has disappeared off the face of the planet since the end of college football. I mean, he got hurt. He wasn't able to participate at the combine. So I don't really know where the NFL sits on this guy. I don't even hear like draft people talking about him anymore, but I still like him a lot. And I was happy, definitely happy to get him at 12. Yeah. This Zach Evans was in the discussion top three in the preseason. And (laughs) now, now he's fallen all the way to the back end of the first round. I mean, if you're at 12, you're smashing this, I think. So uh, this, this again, a lot like A-Chain is like, yeah, he has some limitations, but when you can have a guy that has potential to lead a backfield as a rookie, you got to take the shot on it. And if you're getting him in the back half of the first, if you get him at the last pick of the first round, especially if you have your own pick and you just won a championship and you're like, I, now I have a rookie running back that is going to, you know, get, 400 touches and win me my league again i mean the thing is too like with these running backs the landing spots as they do will obviously change this all yeah but i think it is really interesting because like you said if you are a team that won your league and somehow did not trade your pick in the process you are looking at a very extensive list of talented running backs that will most likely be available in that range in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of where this class shines for me. It's the top end. And then it's this like turn of the first, like the talent available at running back at this point of the draft is just so good. So yeah. I, I think that's the, that's the real strength. Yeah, I think this class has a ton of depth. I think there's like the the number ones at each position are far and away like elite guys. And then like maybe there's some questions around like three through five. And then there's a competent like six through 12 at every position. It's like, wow, there's, this guy's pretty good, you know? And yeah. you're talking about your wide receiver 10 on your board. So. That's that's where I feel like this class kind of shines. It's not quite the 
the you know one through five are all studs like maybe we expected with this 2023 class but it's just a ton of guys that are that seem like they're going to be really effective so that was round one five wide receivers five running backs one idp and one tight end makes sense love it so let's see let's jump into round two I will list off the first six picks. Colin, up again, took Anthony Richardson. Quarterback one, flies off the board with the first pick of the second. Love Apollo one takes Jalen Hyatt. Brett takes Bryce Young. Keel Pro takes Sean Tucker. David takes Kendra Miller. And Auto Pick takes Tank Bigsby. Yeah, so I mean, we got two quarterbacks that went here. We had, we hadn't seen quarterbacks yet. Obviously, I took Richardson at two hundred one. He's my QB one. I had some questions about the receivers. Now we have Hyatt. Hyatt was is a guy that we're both kind of lower on, but I feel like is going to be great value in rookie drafts because if he hits, I feel like the the value could just skyrocket, and you'll be you'll be getting a, a nice little pick there at two hundred two. I feel like this is the range for Hyatt. Yeah. Like, I don't think I would personally take him here, but I think this is where he goes because this is, like, the same range as, like, Jalen Reger and, like, guys like that where it was, like, there's a lot of question marks, but they're really athletic and can stretch the field and all of that. So I think the top of the second feels right for him. I was honestly – I mean, besides the quarterbacks here – which I like because, I mean, you got to get in front of it, similar to tight ends, but even more so if you're looking for a quarterback, you kind of got to start the run, you know, like you started the run at 201 and then you see it happen where Bryce goes a pick later. So that's interesting. But one thing that stood out to me was Kendra Miller because that that is a a perfect encapsulation of this running back crew where you're going to have guys that have – specific rankings and flavors in this range. And I mean, a guy like Kendra Miller, who, when we did running backs rankings, you know, month ago, month ago or so, he was your RB four in the class. And I think he was like my RB seven or eight or something. So you see kind of how fluid that is. We see Sean Tucker, Kendra Miller as the RB six and seven off the board here. So it's interesting. And and those are, again, high mid seconds with players like that. Right. You love that. Yeah. The, that's where you're going to be raking in value up here. It's like this, the, this whole second round, I feel like is chock full of guys where you're like, man, I wish you would have gone higher. But then you look in the first round, it's like, oh yeah, you can't really slot yep. them in anywhere in here. So the, I feel like this is going to be a really good year to have second round picks. Definitely. And we'll see it again here with the back half of the second. So we saw the two quarterbacks go Richardson and Bryce seventh or 2.7 CJ shroud goes next. Frazier fresh takes him. Riley takes Tajay Spears. Stewart takes Dalton Kincaid. So tight end two goes almost a full round later. Uh, Scarin takes Jack Campbell. IDP2 comes off My the board God. more than a full round later. 
I was sniped. You you were <laughs> you were sniped. Rija takes Israel Abanakanda, and I took Cedric Tillman. Yeah, so this is kind of where you see, I think, the best value of the class is you got Stroud, Tajay Spears, who's been a riser, an electric running back, a senior bowl, a standout, and then Kincaid, who's our tight end one. I'm surprised he went this late. Uh, but man, this is a 209. If you can get Dalton Kincaid, great pick. And then Jack Campbell, who was my linebacker one, my IDP two, and then a band of cannon Tillman. I mean, Tillman, we've been, you know, I think we've been kind of sneaking them higher and higher in our, in our brains. I don't know. Subconsciously been like, yeah, Cedric Tillman. I don't know. The other Tennessee guy, he might be better than Jalen Hyatt. I mean, I, well, I'll start with my pick, I guess, because I, I mean, I thought it was exceptional value because he's my wide receiver six. And honestly, he was drafted as wide receiver seven. But we just saw this run of nine players, nine non-wide receivers go from Jalen Hyatt at 2.2 to Cedric Tillman at 2.12. So again, it kind of, the what you said about Kincaid kind of, covers the whole thing where it's like I can't believe I got this player at 2-9 I feel like that's how everybody was feeling where you're like if you're at 210 you're like I got Jack Campbell I got LB1 yeah at the end of the second or you know if you're if, you know if, the the running backs you might you might have Ty J Spears as your RB4 and yeah. you take yeah. you got him at, as RB8 or 9 so exactly I think that's where this class is going to shine, where if you are able to sort of navigate the board a little bit and position yourself, you are in, you know, a late second can turn into like one of your top players just because the rankings are at this point in time that spread out. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm looking at what my third round picks are in uh, our league <laughs> yeah. because I, I'm looking oh, at I felt this. great about my third rounders after looking at this. Yeah. Cause I got 301, 302, 304, 307 and 308. And I'm like looking at this and I'm like, man, I might be raking it in. You know, I might just get all of my favorite players because when, when you take a look at the, the, the back half, we talked about Kendra Miller in the, at 205 and he's my RB four. He's your RB seven. So I, I could be feeling fantastic about getting him at 205, and he might not have even been on your radar until the right. early third. And I think that's going to happen with a lot of these guys where uh, Israel Abanacanda, some people hate him. Some people are just like, ah, all he does is he just goes straight and he had a great O-line. And that's a justified opinion you can have if you're watching the tape. And, like, I, and then – Somebody will take him at 211. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I didn't care about that. But you might be feeling ecstatic because he's your RB5, you know? So I think that that's where this class is a little funny, where so many, there's such a big value difference. That's exactly how I felt about Tillman. I mean, there might have been six teams ahead of me that didn't even give a second thought to Cedric Tillman. Yeah. Even though he's sitting there near the top of the list, like ADP wise, like you don't, it's not like I was like reaching on this guy. He was there, but I'm sitting there like, man, I got to get this guy. And you know, like it's, and all the teams ahead of me, you can't argue. They made great picks. So it is what it is. And that, that's what makes this class really fun. Now, 
it'll probably tighten up a little bit after the draft yeah landing spots you know we always see a little bit of a cull of some of the anticipated value here when guys go into weird spots but even then we're 24 picks in and you're talking about like oh man i gotta steal it 24 like that's that's not really typical and i think we're gonna see with the nfl draft and some people that maybe nobody has on their radar really are going to jump into this conversation and some of these guys are going to follow some especially some of these people we're going to talk about in the third round here but i mean running backs especially it it happens all the time where somebody will get drafted and everybody will think he's going to be the next guy i'm looking at you 49ers running back owners with every single running back that gets drafted to the 49ers is the next guy you know, Tyrion Davis Price. At Elijah least that's Mitchell. over now with Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. At least we can put an goodness. end to that one. Trey Sermon. <laughs> you know, just go down the list. And these guys, like, jump two rounds of ADP when they get drafted. And then it, talent shows. Exactly. So let's take a look at the third round. Because, man, I got to tell you, there's a few guys that went in the third that I would have told you were probably seconds. <laughs> yep. So, first half of the third round, you took Rasheed Rice, 301, baby. Kayshawn. Kayshawn goes at 302, Love Apollo 1, snatches him up. We got Brett taking IDP 3, which was Jordan Battle. Yep. DB1 comes off the board. Kill Pro takes Will Levis. David takes Trenton Simpson. So a little bit of an IDP run here. And then auto pick was Darnell Washington. Yeah, this is interesting. This was, uh, you know, Kayshawn was the one I I was debating between going Rashi and Kayshawn, which goes completely against my rankings and completely how I feel. But this is purely like value. It's like, man, Kayshawn's available at 301. Isn't like, that just a fun little thing when it's like it that's a great thought experiment for an actual draft night when you come in with your big board and then somebody falls that you were like I'm I'm out on it but then yeah. you're like eh. am I am I out on him at 301 though am I that right. out on him that's exactly that's, yeah exactly so I I had I stuck to my board stuck to my guns took Rashi but Kayshawn falling to 302 was surprising to me to say the least and then, yeah, the the IDP run sandwich with Will Levis is pretty fun. I mean, Trent Simpson, Jordan Battle, it was surprising. But, I mean, if you're looking to secure a DB and Jordan Battle's your guy, I got no problem with that. I mean, as a dog. And then uh, Darnell Washington, our th- tight end three in here. I don't hate it. I tell you what, and this, this is 301 through 306 this is what I was talking about with these third round picks. It's like, I, I like all these players. So I, this is DB one, this is LB two. And uh, the, so it, if you're looking for IDPs that this third round's probably going to be ripe. And it's, that's kind of par for the course, right? Where you see an IDP run kind of happen at the top of the third, where you've sort of exhausted the value on the skill position guys. And now you're starting to find value with the IDPs. Yep. 
um, which I liked. You know, I still expect that we would probably see more IDPs go in the top two rounds when it's all said and done. But I agree. Without landing spots, it is harder to talk yourself into that. So I, yeah, I mean, it it was really interesting. This was an interesting spot in the draft where you see the value of Kayshawn. You, you know, Will Levis goes three four, which I mean, you can't you can't necessarily hate on the value there. Like we've we were almost you know a full round removed from Stroud going as the last quarterback, but. Again, like, you know, you got to kind of be – you got to be a Levis guy a yeah. little bit to talk yeah. yourself into him over some of these guys that are on the board, but I didn't hate that. Exactly. One, the one that's interesting here, and in, in, funny enough, is the auto pick because right. Darnell Washington is a player that, you know, we kind of – when we did tight end rankings, he was lower for us just because, you know, he projects as more of a blocker. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not a, he's, he's a great player, phenomenal player. Um, but honestly, man, after the combine, you, you kind of start to you yeah. get a little bit of that, like unicorn syndrome with him where you're like, what if this guy is just like the greatest like, <laughs> dual threat tight end ever? <laughs> yeah. Like, like what if this is, if LeBron strapped on the pads right, and just dominated everybody physically and made it work. I, I, man, if Darnell Washington is a receiving threat and he's getting like a thousand yards a season, like, is anybody going to look back and be surprised? I don't think so, but I I just don't see that being a realistic thing. I think he's going to get drafted by the Patriots, and he's going to be, you know, one of the best uh, extra tackles in the game. Man, I just uh, the, the the NFL mocks though. I did there. I just heard one that he was going fifteen to the Green Bay Packers. Oh God! So it just I it makes sense that we'd see a crazy rise coming out of the combine with a guy like this but 100%. i don't know we'll see be an interesting conversation post draft uh second half of the third wrapping it up we had fraser fresh taking marvin mims riley takes roshan johnson stewart takes chase brown scarin takes xavier hutchinson Rija takes Luke Musgrave and I close it off with Tyler Scott. Yeah. So this, uh, is the group of, uh, I don't know about these guys, you know, like they, these are interesting. They have a chance to rise. I feel like all these guys are very role dependent. I mean, that's kind of what you expect out of the back half of a third round, but I mean, Marvin Mims, I love as a player. Uh, Tyler Scott is very interesting. And then Roshan Johnson, Chase Brown, very different guys in terms of basically everything. I mean, Roshan was a backup at Texas. He's huge. And then Chase Brown is this uh, little compact muscle hamster out of Illinois. And then Luke Musgrave, who has been rising through this process and like, I don't know. I've been hearing first round out of the NFL. I've been, there's been talks about the back end of the first round with Luke Musgrave. And if he gets drafted there, I, I don't see him going in the back half of the third round to dynasty drafts. I really don't. I'm not going to lie, man. 
looking at this, this feels more like the back half of the second round last year yeah. than the back half of the third round. You're right. I mean, like, I would be ecstatic to get a player like Roshan Johnson in the late third or Luke Musgrave, like you just said. I mean, these are players that, like, I like quite a bit. And obviously, like you said, I mean, there's going to be a whole the landing spot thing where it's like you know, maybe a guy like Roshan just sees a big surge or, you know, something like that. But just the names, just the talents alone here, it's really, really exciting to see some of these players. I mean, a guy like Tyler Scott, who is – you know, some people love him, some people hate him. He's not everybody's flavor of receiver. But to get a player like this at 312, at the turn of the fourth round, a guy who might be a day two NFL pick was like shocking to me. But I, but again, you can't, it's not like I'm like, oh, people are whiffing on this. Like, you know, it's like right. this is a realistic scenario where like guys that went ahead of him, you could see it. You could see guys, you know, anybody could make an argument for the players that went ahead of them. So I think, again, you know, to kind of wrap this thing up, man, the strength of this class, if you rode with it, if you have second and third round picks, this is an amazing draft class. And again, you're not finding like the future of your team. You're not finding like your next, you know, core your championship core in the third round but you're finding players that have potential to develop into something that is far greater than a normal third round pick is in dynasty and that is always exciting yeah i 100 percent agree like there's these guys i mean Keishan for all of his you know all the things we don't love about him could very well revert back to what he was and look fantastic. And guys like Darnell Washington, where we don't project him to have a big receiving role, but if he does, like you're getting a guy that you can lock in. And then like you go down this list, Marvin Mims is a polished slot receiver that can play outside and was a dog at Oklahoma. So, I mean, all these all these guys have an opportunity to go and start and put up numbers in an NFL team, and that's generally not what you see. The thing that surprises me about the back half of this third round is no IDPs because this is yep. when you see people capitalizing on the value of falling IDPs of the top of the end, top end of this IDP class, and only three of my top five idps got taken with will anderson uh trent simpson and jack campbell and uh, i mean so the, there there's value that can be acted on in the back half of the third round that just wasn't because this draft class is deep and honestly i think when we get there it yeah it probably you know there is more idp here when it's all said and done, but at the same time, when you're talking about a, a linebacker class that isn't, you know, exceptional, you know, after the top two or three, you're kind of like, okay, you know, this is fine. Now, if you're not, 
sold on you know the dbs at all then you're looking at edge which yeah i mean i thought about like tyree wilson at 312 for sure miles murphy even comes into the conversation there but i mean it's it's it is a weird idp class where it's like there's so much depth in the offensive positions that if you're not sold on the idps you might just opt to pass and and take a flyer on a on a wide receiver or something like that so again i think you know once we understand landing spots and oh well so and so safety went to this spot and that looks like a gold mine you know then yeah those guys are gonna go but for right now it is a testament to how deep this thing runs that we only saw five four idps go in this whole thing so yeah, I I agree. And I think linebacker especially is very heavily dependent on landing spot. I mean, you mm-hmm. see every year the random linebackers coming out of the woodwork because they've secured a starting spot just because of you know one reason or another, just because it's there for them to just soak up tackles. I mean, uh, so we'll, we'll see what those end up being, and we'll be back with a mock once that happens. <laughs> But uh, as of now, I mean, this class is looking stacked from top to bottom. I mean, with maybe not the the superstar guys that people may have been expecting, but just with a lot of quality talent. Definitely. This was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Like I said at the beginning, we hadn't done this in a long time. There were a lot of shifts that happened here uh, in both directions, up and down. So... It was fun to, to see how it's shaken up with all of the things that we've been talking about over the, about the last month or so, but we are by no means anywhere near finished because the NFL draft is approaching rapidly. Like you said, Colin, we will be touching on kind of more of you know what we expect and then eventually hitting on some of the landing spot dependent things after the draft, but until that point... We're going to be focusing quite a bit on this process because it's so fun. Anybody who cares, like myself, if you care about Dynasty rookie drafts, you care about the NFL draft. And this is a beautiful time, beautiful time of the year. So we're going to talk a lot about that over about the next month or so. Next week, Colin, we are going to be talking about free agency, though, because it's top of mind. It kicked off yesterday yep and yesterday, we have a lot tampering yes legal tampering legal, what is up with the legal tampering why don't they just call it free agency because you're not allowed to sign yet and people were talking before the official signing day yeah but why don't they just move the start date up two days and just be like this is the start because then people would start talking before that and then you'd get draft picks taken away from so you. it's one of those things where you post the speed limit at 55 knowing that people are going to go 60 exactly got it that makes yeah. sense all yeah. right so we cleared that legal tampering has begun it officially starts wednesday which for us is tomorrow for you is today hopefully we get some news about some potentially big shakeups in the quarterback department in the nfc north but we'll see about that yeah so We're going to come back next week, talk about how the NFL landscape has shifted, how the 
dynasty landscape specifically has shifted out of free agency and talk about the implications for the campers and what we expect to see at the NFL draft. So I'm excited for that, Colin. I can't wait. I mean, we've already seen some pretty major movers in the NFL. I mean, today, like, top of mind, Darren Waller got traded to the Giants. Yep. It's like, oh, wow, that's a Daniel that's a Bellinger, RIP. Yeah, well, you can go two tight ends, you know, run that <laughs> Saquon yeah, this, offense. This is the post-Waller plan, you know? We just get a year or two of Waller and then <laughs> – bellinger show right but please yeah. so uh, i there, there's gonna be even more i mean basically the whole running back market is halted right now because apparently teams are trying to get dalvin before they uh start looking elsewhere for other options austin eckler's on the trade block so hopefully it's a fruitful week and then we can come back to you next week with some you know fun changes in the league yeah so That'll be fun. We'll be back to do all of that next week until that point. Well, first of all, thanks again to everybody who participated in Camp Dynasty's first community mock draft. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun breaking it down. Like I said at the beginning, this will not be the last community mock draft. So if you didn't have a chance to participate or you're feeling a little shy, you didn't want to jump into the mock draft this time around, there will be another chance for you later on this year. So um, until that point, though, uh, follow us at camp underscore dynasty on Twitter and at camp dot dynasty on TikTok and follow us, like us, give us a rating, comment, anything on any platform that you choose to listen. We appreciate that. And we will be back every single week with more delicious content, Colin. I am satiated. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week. We'll see you next week.